Okay, I think we've got it back up and running, Bodes. Uh, okay. we, just, we just switched studios uh, here at RBM 89.1. Um, just uh, last week, obviously, why we, yeah, we had to we cancel. Yeah, we were there. That's yep. right. So they switched during the show last Tuesday, and uh, there's just a couple of things there, a couple of teething problems, but we seem to have sorted that all out uh, at this stage. Let me turn that song off now. Um, that's the way to do it. And uh, so, how are you, boats? Yeah, look, I'm well, thank you. Um, I don't have COVID. Um, I had a great Father's Day. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy enough. I mean, I, I had a photograph taken. Um, a nice person held uh, my wife's phone, and um, Annette and I were together with the two children. Yeah. And what was really interesting is. Um, we both looked at each other in the photo and said, "Oh my God, how how old we are!" You know what I mean? I go, "I got white hair. She's got white hair. I've shrunk, and I'm not as tall as I used to be." And so, with these little people <laughs> surrounded by my children, and they're towering over me. My daughter's boyfriend, um, he's a lovely man. Um, he's six foot four and 110 kilograms, and is a na- um, martial arts expert. Um, and they, you know, everybody towers over, uh, towers over us. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> we're in the right sort of kind of. Um, uh, there's no power anymore. We're just, yeah. we're, we're just these lovely um, um, <laughs> o- older people that need yeah. the younger ones to look after us. So I uh, had a wonderful time. But um, Josh came up to play badminton with me because he knows how much I enjoy Father Son as a mm. team and we actually battle on. And, um, yeah, it's always a great pleasure to, uh, to have, a, have a ch- an adult child um, who's, who's doing well enough in his life, you know, come, come on up and, um, and play together. Mm. And, um, you know, I get, I get a lot of pleasure out of that. It's a great pleasure. So um, Almost as much as beating Blue as well, didn't you? Yeah, you well, a bit that, of pleasure well, out that of that was that an added sort of bonus, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, watching Blue run around all over the place as we're sort of peppering shots at him. So uh, badminton is not a democratic game. It's, a, it's all about, um, <laughs> it's about winning. There's... there's there's absolutely no um, favours given. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's yeah. a duel, yeah. um, but in a polite sort of sense. Yeah. So no, I'm good, thank you. With a lot of skill too, I've, I might yep. add. It's a terrific game. And, yeah. uh, you know, you've always said that you and, and Blue particularly, you, you're both about as fit as any 72-year-olds could be, you, you, you know. We're very fortunate, yeah. I mean, you know, to, to be able to have that mobility and that ability to run t- to the front of the court to pick mm. up a drop shot. Um, you know, I, I don't take that lightly. The gratitude that I have, um, you know, for a, a sort of healthy kind of capacity, and that I don't have joints that ache. Um, you know, I get, I get tired, of course, and uh, as you age, uh, you don't recover quite as quick from a two-hour badminton session. But um, you know, all my faculties are intact. I've got, I've still got a mind. I can think um, most of the time, and um, um, you know, it's a source of great gratitude, uh, if you like. But but I've also you know, um, I'm careful with what I eat, um, yeah. um, and I try and eat uh, whole meals mostly. Um, I, I try and stuff as many veggies as I can into my diet as well. Um, I'm probably starting to eat more fish than I am sort of um, sort of sort of red meats. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I try and eat sort of uh, oats uh, for breakfast with yogurt and that sort of stuff. So healthy guts are important. And I think all those kind of measures do help to um you know sort of maintain health and i try and sort of um avoid going into toxic sort of thinking or difficult places where in which i can't extricate myself from difficult thinking so and i'll tell you what listening to music is is one powerful antidote for if you're feeling down Mm. is to go back to the songs you loved as um you know at peak times in your life growing up yeah. and satur- saturate yourself with music. Yeah. And if you've got half a voice or no voice at all, it doesn't matter. Um, you can put the headphones on and sing out as loud as you want to because singing opens up your, your airways. Yeah. Um, it reminds you of when you're on top of the world and um, and there's some great songs out there. Yeah. It's a good yeah. point, actually, when you when you mention that about going back to some of the songs through your younger years, yeah. your childhood, yeah. your teenage or your, your yeah. early yeah. adolescent, whichever. yeah. yeah. Um, they just bring forth so many great memories of um, those times, that, of those moments in your life, you know, um, which is what I, I try and do with some of the songs that I have here, which is a little bit selfish because I should ask you some of your songs and put them on here as well at times. But, no, it's a terrific point. It's a great yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think the other thing that I've learned is I, is I have to remind myself how 
how how good things are. I mean, growing up, sometimes you, uh, you face difficulties, and those difficulties can sometimes feel as the only thing that you've got in your in your reality, and you've got to keep sort of vigilant in terms of actually keeping uh, keeping ahead of the game, if you like. But the more that I tell myself of how wonderful life is actually, really, mm. too, as much as it's difficult, um, so I'm keeping things in perspective, that helps to banish my, if my thinking gets a little bit sort of woeful or, mm. or, or maudlin or melancholic, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to, have to sort of do some self-talk that's affirmative mm. um, to, uh, to, to remind um, that part of my mind that wants to go into, oh, my, oh woe is me, or oh my God, the world's falling apart. Yeah. You know, the United States of America is, is imploding. Yeah, there is so much of that, don't we, in our lives? Yeah, yeah. Know? Well, we, they are trying times. I was listening to Roberta Flack's song, um, These Are Trying Times. And then, um, you know, John Lennon's song, um, Strange Times and Deeds. Yeah. Uh, strange yeah. Times and Deeds. Strange Things and Deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, is, it is a great song. Yeah. And, and it is. We have to remind ourselves these are strange times, mm. that the world isn't always um, flowering or in full bloom. Mm. Um, you know, if you think about Pakistan at the moment, they've been slammed oh. with the biggest flood in, in the history of the planet. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, truly, you know, unbelievable, and so for, uh, for them right now, these, uh, you know, it's more than trying times. It's mm. sheer desperation mm. on a scale that's unprecedented. Mm. So, yeah, um, but I think one has to retain a sense of hope mm. um, that um, that collectively we'll figure a way out. Yeah. You know, to yeah. deal with all these sort of challenges that mm. are um, up. At us at the moment, so... Um, and I, I suppose you could bring that back into... I mean, you're, you're talking about external things such as, you know, what's going on in China and the US, the political side of things, the famine yep. of, of the, what the, the droughts have caused. Yep. And you can bring all of those things into your life, but then these are, there, are, there are things that are even closer than that that, again, I guess we could look at controlling things that are even closer than that within ourselves, if, if, if this is making sense. So if you're looking at what's going on outside of, you know, you, you could then say, look, I'm worried about my mum, my dad, and all those things are, are wonderful things to worry about. But if you haven't got yourself in check first, then it's very difficult to make those steps to be able to put things in order yes. of breaking down that, uh, those worries and those, yes. those issues, which, which are things that, you know, I'm, you know none of us are sort of, uh, I guess, uh, safe from in the sense of we all get impacted at times from what of course, myself, of course, yeah, clearly. The, change, the world is always changing, there's mm. always shifts and um, and and new reality or curveballs that come in that yeah. toss us to the ground, absolutely. And mm. I think that's that that's a universal story. Mm. I guess we can think about resilience, um, as an ability to um, manage a uh, a, a an event or, a, you know, in yeah. one's life that's detrimental to your well-being um, and, and without actually collapsing into futility or an absolute rage and then, and then, and then sort of kind of go um, either individually sort of mad with grief or rage or um, um, fall into despair. So, uh, you know, resilience mm. is a very interesting sort of kind of thing. Mm. I, I um, was interested that, you know, Father's Day has just gone and I just wanted to shout out to those men that maybe are in the middle of um, um, no contact with the children for for a variety of reasons. A marriage may have broken down there, um, and you know the uh, the, ch- the children um, are, are not actually accessing their father for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so th- there is a big silence, of course, if children don't reach out mm-hmm. or don't say Happy Father's Day, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I sort of want to want to acknowledge that from those men, that is a grief, that is a reminder again mm-hmm. of. of um, changes that are um, very difficult to, to be with mm. um, and, um, and, and and sort of hang in there. I wrote a poem actually for, uh, for a friend of mine who um, uh, took on some children. He, you know, he got interested in the mum. The mum had two, uh, two children from a prior marriage. Um, the father had, of those children had... It was having his difficulties and wasn't around anymore. Mm. Um, and uh, the guy I'm thinking of um, took these children on, two boys. Um, and to his great credit, um, these two bo- boys call him call him dad. You know, what I mean, um, and he has a, a, a very good relationship um, with these two boys mm. uh, that and, um, that he 
stood in as the as if father mm. to give those boys an experience. So, um, so I wrote a poem reflecting on, um, you know, how he's able to do that and how many uh, men have stepped in mm. um, and fa- yeah, yeah. and taken on yeah. some responsibility for the care of children. Mm. Um, as they've taken on a new partner mm. and that sort of stuff. And that, um, you know, step families is a, um, well, that's one word that we use to describe mm. something. But um, that, that, that um, is a whole journey in, it, in itself. And mm. to do that well mm. is a mark of um, respect to the man that, un, uh, you know, doesn't assume anything. He gives children a space to actually kind of yeah. feel them out. Um, but he learns to play with them and... Um, uh, you know, and 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 he doesn't demand any fr- anything from them. Um, you know, in terms of a relationship or respect, he, mm. he allows he allows that to develop just through the yeah. strength of connection. Yeah, yeah? Mm. I mean, they yeah, are great skills. Yeah, they, they are great, skills. tremendous skills mm. to um, you know to sort of take on. Mm. So yeah, did you bring that poem with it today? I did. I Let's, might read it before out we, before we go through the what we're talking about today. Let's yeah, I'd love to hear it. Happenstance arrives to ponder or deny. So happenstance is another word for coincidences or events occur. And, we, and they arrive, mm. and we can either sit with them or deny them, pa- pass up on it. Okay. In this instance, um, the, the, the man yeah, I'm right. thinking of uh, picked up. So a woman finding a man while her children play hide-and-seek with their father, absent from their pain. The man that stands in is careful in his seeing, gives room for beginning feelings, brings out the best in him. Those children too draw deeply from an ancient well of good intentions, assuages the grief of an oft unplayable game. Fathers, caught in their noisy confusions or in manic flight from one thing to another, may unpack old plots, refine the fathering thread. His thread, not hers or his children, their work to take up or put aside, biding is his work. Tis a necessary labour, full of sighs and lamentation. Time stretches, breaks a man's box of certainties, or heals enough for a conversation that is fragile and fraught with feelings. A man who blunders or just plain belligerent, his guides obliterated. The man who steps away from his old and furtive fumblings, knocking on a healer's door for another understanding, gives this pending conversation a chance for roots to form. Children need a man who takes an interest in their living, who is up for play and tumble and avoids the loyalty binds gives an opening for those children to seek connection, making up their own minds. To call this man beloved is a compliment for sure. He has undone a drear desolation, restored a light and laughter into lives free again. A happenstance received, not denied. I like that. His job is to bide his time. I like that. I like how he's just sort of yeah. just sitting back, as you said before the poem. Yeah. He's just sitting back, just waiting, seeing how this kid evolves. Just yeah. Yeah, it's lovely, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Beautiful, base. Doing the doing the doing the right thing to step back and not, mm. you know, thump tables or actually sort of kind of you know uh, fall back on belligerence or sort of woe is me or that sort of stuff. Yeah. Not easy. Or this control, is this, yeah. or, or, or control. Mm. This stuff's not easy. No. Um, because part of our instinct of being male is to uh, solve a problem, You're to fix, step, yeah, to yeah, fix, fix, fix control it, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I think in a modern uh, 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 context, um, you know, with the emergence of women saying we're here too mm. um, in this world, um, that's been a massive adjustment. And the old sort of kind of premise of marriage was that the man was the head of the household, and, yeah. and so his, you know, his understandings and his knowledge um, dictated the arrangements or the decisions that were taken by the, um, you know, by in the family. I mean, all of that's been turned over, uh, t- turned upside down over yeah. the last uh, 70, 70 years. Um, and um, we have a new thing called relationship. We have a new 
thing called relational power or relational practice. How do, how do men relate to the world rather than control the world mm. or mm. Um, um, uh, um, bend it to, to their will? Mm. Um, and and you know, I think that that um, is the basis of our talk today. About well, yeah, it is. I mean, it, I think someone mentioned it to me maybe a, a month or two ago and said, why don't you give this topic a go? And um, look, there's a lot of... Um, it's a pretty full-on subject. There's, there's a lot more of it happening as we're going along. It can happen with both. We're not saying it can't happen with, with women. It can happen with both men and women. However, uh, the, the statistics are showing um, it, it's mainly men, around 90%, and um, around 80% of men that uh, uh, have or, or, or show coercive control are, are potentially or are homicidal. Um, and that's an alarming statistic in itself when you think about things. So, um, you know, there was the Chris Watts situation that happened in the States. I guess that was probably the most famous that happened where he killed his wife and two daughters and put them inside water tanks. It was horrible. Um, we, we, there was also a thing recently on Spotlight. Um, there's the chap that drove his two kids into the to the dam, yep. windows up in the car. Um, so it, it, it's... You know, it's a pretty controversial sort of a topic, but but I guess first of all, I wanted to get what your understanding or, or, or uh, from yourself as a, a psychotherapist of what coercive control is for the listeners. Well, the um, the draft bill that was up for uh, public comment, which um, the consultations finished last week mm. um, from the public. Um, you know what what. The definition of coercive control, and I'll read them out, um, is one, isolating the other partner in the relationship from friends and family. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, blocking, if you like, their, uh, the other's part, uh, other to have connection with uh, friends, um, mates, their, fa- their family, and that may also include access to the other partner's family. Mm. Um, you know, mm. I mean, so so the, the, these are interesting sort of um, yeah. um, sort of considerations. Um, another, the next one is depriving the other of basic needs, medicine, food, warmth, and adequate clothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, um, now depriving, um, you know, is a deliberate act of saying, well, you can't have basic medicines or you can't take that medicine mm. or, or something interfering with that sort of mm. um, with the needs that the other person defines mm. um, the third thing of coercive control is monitoring the use of a person's time mm. um, or um, uh, taking away a phone from them because mm. you might have some belief that they're using too much social media yeah, um, tracking their phone where they're going from place to place absolutely, yeah. um, so monitoring the other with online uh, tools and spyware, yeah. um, uh, monitoring where they go. I mean, that's an app now, e- easy, easy peasy. Mm. Um, so every time the person's in a car, um, you can track where the car, car the phone is. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, so, and raise questions of why why were you there, or you know, um, those sorts of things. So yeah. that so that monitoring um, is uh, you know a form of um, a co- coercion and control. Mm. Um, number five is taking uh, who's stopping where they can go who they can see or what they wear and and wh- when they can go to sleep to, you know to, uh, the, uh, to, mm. to, to have a sleep so having some control over mm. where they go who they see what they wear yeah um, yeah um, depriving you of support services um, whether it's medical or legal um, uh, interfering with a person's um, own therapy, yeah, um, and that and that you know, the anomaly here is that um, uh, I see mostly, mostly men in my practice, but I have had um, um, their partners, female partners, ring me up saying, um, "I don't want you to um, have my partner talk about me yeah. um, in his therapy." Mm. Well, that's an that, that's that, not up to her. <laughs> it's absolutely not, not not up to her. So yeah. so women can veer into. I understand the anxiety. Yeah. Um, and no doubt, men, um, w- uh, when their partners mm. will, will have an anxiety that uh, is their behaviour being discussed. Mm. Um, 
and there's no participation to be able to say yes that happened or no that didn't happen or, or yeah you know, or whatever so yeah. I, I understand that, that, mm. that that's a little difficult um good point good point re- repeatedly putting the other down so you know saying you're worthless or you're just just like your mother or you know those those statements that demean mm. the other person's effort at trying to actually um, um, show up in the relationship. Mm. Mm. So, so that if that's a c- constant um, sort of aspect of the way that the that the man or the woman might relate to the other, um, that is a form of control mm. to to demean someone so that their self worth starts to plummet is a mm. form of co- it's a coercion. Yeah. Um, the other number eight is uh, degrading or humiliating. So in public situations, um, pointing out um, the others' uh, wrongdoings. Mm. Um, you can't believe what happened the other day. She, um, she or he um, yeah. did this, and I was, um, you know. So those humiliations. I mean, that's private. That's a couple's business. Yeah. Um, it, if if what someone is doing is illegal under the law. Um, or, or threatening, mm. um, of course, it, it is, it, you need to let your network, your friends, know that you're feeling unsafe. Yeah. But there's a big difference between uh, unsafe and humiliation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Controlling finances, well, that's, um, yeah, that's um, what I can imagine is that um, if um, there's demand that. Um, the finances are put together under one account. Yeah. Um, you know, when a w- woman is in her own work and that sort of stuff, well, that's coercive control. Yeah. Um, but fi- finances and making decisions together mm. is is not coercive control. I mean, that can sometimes get complicated. Yeah. Couples can actually have disagreements, massive dis- disagreements. Yeah, and that's, about, that's normal. That's, and and that, yeah. that's a normal part of yeah. things. Um, so how how we understand... The, the question for me at the moment is that um, it's really important because um, number 10 says making threats and intimidating and intimidation through yelling and slamming doors and all that sort of stuff is, is unacceptable mm. but intimidation which is um, you know you watch out mm. Um, mm. you know that's, that's down threatening. yeah, yeah thre- it, threatening that's it, downright um, standing scary over. Yeah. and, and, yeah. um, and uh, just not on yeah. so in many ways, when you look at these, um, you know, points that I've read out here, um, I'm in absolute agreement mm. that they don't belong to a open relationship. Mm. The thing that's interesting here, though, is that um, you know we're talking really what, what what's happening in the relational world is that we're shifting away from the idea of marriage as, as two people becoming one mm. to the idea that you have two individuals mm. in the relationship mm. and the two individuals have the same rights and mm. the same freedoms um, to actually bring what's true for uh, them into a, the relationship. This is a good point, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And, and, so, um, and, so we, um, and so this is a really, relatively recent sort of kind of change that is going on mm. and it's also revealed um, in the world at stage at the moment where um, individual rights... It's all just the bank. So individual rights versus collective rights, yeah. um, um, and we're still trying to nut that one out. You know, what I mean, mm. what, like um, in, on a world stage, mm. um, but in the couple in, in the Western world in couple relationships, there is a very interesting shift that's going on, and we're not equipped really um, to a- actually participate in what would look like. Allowing autonomy mm. for each individual in the relationship, mm. and co-exploring together when there is difference, um, in, in a way that creates a, mm. a new understanding that cements the couple relationship, uh, so that it has a future, it has a longevity. Yeah. Um, it actually does deliver the sort of thing that we hope for because we fall in love, mm. and then we've got the real work of making the relationship work. So love in of itself. Um, is a temporary phenomenon because mm. that love mostly is based on um, an idealization of the other. Mm. And if you idealize the other and you're fully in love, you don't really see uh, examples of coercion. 
You just see it as he loves me so much that he wants me to wear this, this, and that, and that, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it kind of creeps in, and then there's a wake-up point and go, oh, my God, yeah. I, I, don't, I feel I have no freedom. Yeah. And so then, um, then the conflict arises. So one of the things that I'm sort of kind of concerned with is the unintended consequences of using the law yeah. um, a, as a means to try and usher in a new understanding of what um, a... a, a um, of, of two people coming together and, and, and learning to live as a couple, mm. um, whether it's marital or, or um, you know, mm. a partnership or de facto, it doesn't matter, it's the same principles apply, mm. of granting individual freedom to the other and also living together, you know, yeah. having some sort of coexistence. Yeah. So this is the challenge that we've got mm. right now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's very it's very tricky, isn't it? You know, because yeah. you see, uh, you know, it's a terrific point you make about you know how you come as one as a couple, but and also too, I guess it's not uncommon for for somebody, but on either side of, of the relationship, to to show some signs of this, but then for the other to say, "Hang on, that's coercive control." I think it's important to note that instead of jumping to that conclusion or, or heading down that, uh, that road of saying that, maybe just explain to them, or your partner, hang on a second, this is how this has made me feel. Um, I feel that by the fact that you've told me what to wear this Saturday night, um, you know, I, I haven't really been able to voice my opinion on things. But as you say, he, he may be coming from a place of love himself in the sense of, gee, she looked lovely in that dress previously, for whatever the reasons. I just think that you need to sort of explore further in... in each individual relationship as to what's happening. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting in couple therapy, that it's not really uh, a couple or marital therapy. It's not really seen as an essential tool for wellness um, in our community. Um, it, 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 um, there are organisations that specialise in, in providing couple counselling. Um, and I certainly, um, op, um, you know, op, operate couple counselling, and I have a couple coming to see me on Monday morning um, because there's some issues that they want to ex- explore. The problem is that a lot of couples um, come far too late um, when the problem has become intractable, and really they're both beginning to think that maybe they're not suited to each other. And that really the best outcome is actually, let, you know, sep- separating out. And if there's children um, and property, that increases the complexity of the, of the sort of, uh, of of the journey of making sure that the children are looked after, that the disposal of property um, um, meets our current understanding of fairness and that sort of stuff. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, so, so I think we have to sort of kind of start to, as a as a society um, in Australia. To start looking at, um, so if we're bringing new understandings of what is relational fairness, mm. um, we have to empower men and women to uh, to, un- to, un- to to develop a skill set um, so that they can make those right contributions to an outcome that preserves individual freedom mm. and preserves um, the, the the well-being within the sort of couple relationship. Yeah. But what's interesting um, when you come into a, a couple relationship? That that instantly um, um, you you are facing difference, and difference ultimately can often be construed as conflict, and then um, and yeah. then conflict is a um, it can often lead one to say, "Gee, I've married the wrong person." But the nature of a couple relationship is that it for all of us it is a therapeutic environment. It, uh, we're starting to discover um, the limits of our autonomy, if you like, or, or our um, that that I, I'm the only one that understands something, right. um, you know. I mean, we, and so we have to learn to be with another person yeah. in a way that um, um, in a way that preserves the relationship yeah. um, and preserves the autonomy with each individual in the relationship. Mm. Mm. But e- but even that um, the the autonomy um, you know can actually start to sound like um, separation. You can't do this or you can't do that. Mm. Um, but, but sometimes I think that we, by, by virtue of a relationship, there is some change implicit. Um, mm-hmm. One has to adjust to each other. 
you can't keep scratching old wounds in the other and expect the other to tolerate that. Mm. Um, so, um, and if, the, if, if both individuals in the relationship are resistant to change in the couple, yeah. then they are just going to go down the yeah. road of sort of kind of separation, separation and divorce, aren't they? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is that um, not only do we have the provision of the law, so now the, you know, coercive control is criminalised, mm. But we need to have a hugely expanded sort of uh, um, uh, resources mm. to assist individuals and couples um, in, in terms of relationships. Now, what, what's well known is that when a couple relationship is not working very well, that is a, a, a source of um, anxiety and depression and mental health complications that mm. come out of an unproductive relationship. So to actually resource couples um, with... Uh, uh, growth and harmony within their relationship, you know, I think is crucial to um, uh, to to health and right. wellness. It, it is a me- it is a mental health response, yeah. um, and um, just relying on sort of me- medication or mindfulness, hmm. um, I think couple work needs to be resourced far more powerfully. Um, you know, by federal and state governments hmm. um, to equip couples to negotiate and navigate the new terrain of increasing individual um, um, growth and, and, and resilience in, the f- in, a, in a couple frame. Mm. Yeah? Mm. I also think that we need to develop men-specific support services that allow men um, to, to also yeah. begin yeah. to navigate this new phenomena, this yeah. new, um, and actually acquire a better understanding um, by which they um, can mm. adjust mm. To, to a new reality that yeah. requires something of men to actually yeah. shift and change yeah. and evolve and grow a stronger understanding. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a terrific point. Um, you know, I, and I don't think we have enough of, of, of those services. No, we don't. For, we don't have for, any for male men. specific um, I mean, services uh, for for men um, uh, specifically set up to address um, men and adolescent boys um, on on adjustments um, to um, a a, a new complexity around relationships. Yeah, yeah. We don't. Mm. There are certain things that people are doing, of course, Mm. and I don't want to diminish those. I mean, there's been some very creative counsellors in various organisations that are offering, um, uh, um, you know... It's not enough. but, but it's but it's it's insufficient. I think in the end, what I'm what I'm what my concern is that if we're using legal, legality as um, to change a person's uh, mindset or understanding, mm. um, ultimately we're going to get a backlash and a reaction. Yeah. And mm. um, and so we're not going to get a change of heart, a metanoia, a mm. profound shift of consciousness. Mm. What we're going to get is people circling around each other increasingly and that's my concern mm. and we already mm. see that within segments of the world in which people are um, are not growing together yeah. um, they are um, finding their silos and um, um, and and separating keeping the distance we have a dance of distance mm. not a dance of connection so that would be my concern mm. um, but how you know What's interesting, isn't it, or what's difficult for me is to express my concern at the same time to be able to say, well, co- coercive control is, it, is, is not a modern uh, understanding of, of, of relationship and empowerment. Mm. You know, if a man or a woman is using control mm. um, or some sort of coercion, mm. um, then, um, you know, that's an injury to the sense of um, a couple empowering mm. each other. Mm. And surely that's the point that's, uh, of, of, of marriage of, or relationship, or, or, or isn't it? Relationship. Is, is, yeah. is empowerment, yeah. 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 yeah, and a recognition of difference, yeah. and, uh, um, and a recognition um, um, that um, that to preserve the wellness of the relationship requires an effort on both parties um, uh, to, to keep talking. The other thing that I'm sort of thinking about is that a lot of people's understanding of what is a um, a, a, a helpful discussion mm. about um, th- difficulties in a relationship um, is also n- not that well developed. I mean, I think we need to do a lot more um, teaching and um, uh, um, experiential work, you know, yeah. uh, via schools, um, early childhood, um, in our institutions, 
um, in, in order to actually sort of um, look at, at what is a form of empowerment in a, in a changing world. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's another good point. Um, you know, I mean, and this gets back to also to the beginning of what you were saying there, as far as being a good role model for be it stepfathers that step into a relationship and, and they sort of become <coughs> that fatherly role. Or um, if you're a distant father, like I am with my kids, you know, two hours away and, and I'm not seeing them, you know, obviously every week. Um, but it's, it's about that part of, of be, becoming a role model. I think starting from, from, from that age for a child as they're coming through, because I think uh, that fatherly figure pays an enormous impact on a man's life or a young boy's life as he's coming through and into relationships. Yep. It's, yep. it's crucial yep. that we understand that what we, what we are, what we, how we are behaving around our kids is how our kids are going to turn out. Uh, absolutely. Time, um, absolutely. And I, I think that's not easy for a man to actually sort of kind mm. of... Um, it's a bit of humiliating, or a bit sort of, uh, or, or it's a, um, you know, mm. uh, wow! I haven't, I haven't, I haven't really allowed myself to think about that. Yeah. That, that, that what I'm doing um, is being closely watched by my son mm. or daughter. Mm. Um, it, so of course, um, uh, you know, we need to. I, I think we need to um, come from an invitational stance rather than purely a um, uh, a legal. Obligation yeah. to mm. a, to actually sort of change. I think mm. we, I think I think we've got uh, um, uh, uh, to put much more money into teaching resources mm. and um, educating and, and ed- so yeah. educating mm. um, and also allowing um, you know men to um, explore their current understanding of how they might relate to another and how they might do that differently. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I think mm. relationships do teach us in the end when we um, come from a place of respect mm. and um, of the, of the other in the relationship and learn to actually hear their perspective um, yeah. Yeah, no, good and how it, how it has been shaped, yeah. you know, what, what were the growing up realities? So how it was shaped um, what um, what both parties' needs are, mm. and 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 um, you know how that those needs might be recognised, so that the sting of struggle um, starts mm. to uh, reduce, mm. um, and there's a growing awareness uh, or, or a growing desire for a new reconnection, mm. because I think all the transition stages that we have in marriage, um, whether it's a child coming into the marriage. Um, or there's uh, a tragedy occurs, a death of a parent, or all these transition points uh, require navigation and understanding um, from both in the couple. Um, mm. And if that's not given, um, you know, th- th- then there is a, a further grief mm. um, sort of emerges. So um, this is probably if we if we accept the premise that family ultimately is what creates society and culture. Right. We've got to resource family work much more strongly than we are. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more strongly than we mm. are. So, mm. from a clinical uh, and um, uh, as a clinician, mm. um, you know, I, I do see that um, you know we won't. We're, couples often are woefully inadequate, uh, mm. unprepared mm. Um, to navigate um, what it is to be in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I think it's also heading down a path of division as well. If you, yeah. you know, if we want to come together, it's. Yeah, it's a yeah, it, it's a tough one to sort of tackle, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's, well, it's, it is a tough one because I tell you why. Um, we've often said that uh, what goes on in the family home um, mm. is is uh, that couple's business, if you like. Mm. You know that that's been um, our understanding of the, the the family, the family and their home is their castle. And uh, once this uh, bill's passed, that's out the door. You know, which there's some good and there's bad in there. Well, there's there's a requirement to protect um, and 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 to uh, challenge behaviours that are destructive. Yeah, there absolutely is a requirement for that. Um, But at the same time, um, what I'm questioning is the method that we use to actually introduce change. Right. And I'm actually arguing for education, yeah. and I'm also arguing for resources mm. that help men who are struggling, mm. or women, mm. um, for that matter, who are struggling um, with um, um, their current understanding of what it is to be um, a person participating in a relationship. Yeah. Um, that they can do some work with that, mm. and maybe obtain a better understanding, so they're more equipped mm. 
to actually do some conflict resolution work rather than throwing weight around or, or uh, yeah. you know what I mean, um, as a way of controlling an outcome. And I, I'd like to think that that will happen, and or is going to happen. I'd like to think that that is in the in the pipeline, just just as it is. If you commit uh, serious driving offences, or you know, drink high range drink driving, or whatever, whichever, and it, you know, you might have to do a defensive drivers course, or you know, on 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 alcohol, and yeah, um, that might work towards a better outcome for you either at court, but more so that your understanding of of what you've done or. Um, you know where you're at in life. I think it's crucial. It's a, it's a very very good point that you raise, and I think that um, you know, I, from from a personal point of view, I, I'd, I'd like to see that. I'd mm-hmm. like to see those, you know, that educational, you know, side come into to helping both men and women understand the side of control, coercive control, through coercion or through control. And, and I think uh, um, to understand um, how. Um, how to relate to oneself and the world, um, yeah. you know this this idea of of, of the new relational paradigm yeah. that we keep talking about, um, which I think is hugely important mm. um, because it's such an interesting thing to uh, to consider one's uh, one's reality in the world as ultimately relational, which means to connect, which means to find the points of reference, yeah. um, the point, find the points of agreement. Um, to, to, to learn to collaborate rather than coming from um, a t- purely individual response, which where that's where coercion and control comes from, is an individual take on mm. something. Mm. Um, you know, if, if a couple choose together to um, uh, um, live in a particular way, well, that's a, uh, it's consensual. That's a, uh, that's choice. Yeah. Um, but um, I think to take a relational stance to the world is an is an ad- adaptation that we're currently sort of considering in this yeah. world um, because the old order has changed. Mm. Um, and, and I go again, uh, you know, got any of you guys listening, if you're clinging to an old idea that you're the man in the family and therefore, you, you know, you, de- you decide outcomes that happen in your life, um, it, it, the modern phenomenon uh, says, no, that's not right. Mm. Um, women are saying... Incredibly so, and rightfully so, um, that we're not uh, we're not living under under those under, under that, that idea. Yeah. yeah? yeah. What's 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 really interesting in the United States of America is what they call the Browning the Browning of of, of America, is that um, um, men are saying well, I'm, not, I'm not interested in having a partner um, uh, who's a white woman. I'm going to uh, go to Asia or I'm going to the Philippines. And I'm going to bring back a bride because those people are more compliant and they understand the old rules and that sort of stuff. Because mm. I'm not willing to change. Mm. So you know, you know, I mean, I think there are going to be some resistances, if you like, um, to um, uh, to a, a taking a relational stance. But in my own journey, um, what I've understood is that the, the the growth in me as a result of taking a relational stance to my world, which means. I'm not the only person that exists in the situation. You know, there is another. Yeah. Um, you know, has ch- changed my perspectives, my behaviour, my expectations, um, and my willingness to negotiate and my willingness to hear yeah. um, what the, what the other, what my partner is saying. That is a point of difference, um, uh, and not to come from fear or some anger yeah. when, when, it, when she's expressing a difference that, um, that may be new or I haven't, I haven't heard from before. So I have to step back. I have to bide my... You know, I have to do some biding work. Mm. And, um, and, um, it's like you're saying, you know, yeah. Yes, and, and, I, and I think, um, you know, I'm also feeling that lots of couples leave approaching relationships with Australia or a couple counsellor far too late so you, yeah. um, you know, I think, and that's another learning that um, resourcing yourself in the early stage of a potential conflict um, to actually develop some new skills um, to manage, you know, to navigate the conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you'd come to couple therapy. Yeah. Um, but if it's become intractable, mm-hmm. um, um, and and you can see it straight away when a couple walk in. That um, uh, uh, that really what they're heading for is divorce. They've already decided that they're, yeah. they're just doing something because that's what's been suggested. Yeah. Um, but they've already decided, and and, yeah. uh, and I think um, that I like to see a shift. 
and that um, men and women um, recognise that getting help is not a sign of weakness um, or an inability to sort out your stuff. It's to actually acknowledge that we, we're floundering at the moment and we need um, a, a, a context in which we can hear ourselves struggle mm. um, and we can ask for um, ideas that help us to get out of our struggle, our, mm. our stuck places. Mm. And that's why I say that um, doing couple work is a powerful form of therapy. Mm. It is a growth mm. path. Mm. Because you have to move out of your omnipotence, the idea of that you're always the only right yeah, way, yeah. Um, and and come to listen to the other. Mm. That that's socialisation. That's a requirement for all of us is yeah. to actually learn to be in relationship with yeah. the other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's only positive that can come out of it. I mean, really, if you if you feel that you're at the end of your your, your tenure or your relationship with your partner. Um, it's, it always, you know, from what I've seen and, and from my own experience of being to couples therapy, it's, it always starts out the same. It always starts out as, as what I've got to say about her and what she says about me and come to, come to session number two, three or four, three or four mainly, and it's, um, you just start to work out and find out a lot more about yourself, um, you know, and, and, and instead of speaking from their actions or from their doings, you start speaking from your own. And it's... It's quite um, it's 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 quite overwhelming at times, I guess, when you when you come to the realization of those things, um, and they're good things, and some of them are bad things. But um, you know, I, I I see that it can only really come from positive outcomes by by seeking that help or or sitting um, in in a space with with your partner as well as having a therapist there to to explore areas uh, that have been you know really lying quite tightly under your skin and irking away at you. It's yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're yeah. good outcomes. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think, it t- you know, what I'm sitting with is this idea that um, to, to do, for men to start to understand something about a relational obligation to others in their life that are important mm. to them, I think that's a good starting point. Mm. And then I'd like to be able to explore that with men as to what, what would that look like Um, and and when there is a point of difference um, let's see what comes up for you um, when you're facing difference so do you run to an old power and control model or do you run to a curiosity or do you run to I'm confused and and I'm a little bit frightened Um, what happens okay so you're a little frightened what happens when you come from fear well I don't listen Um, or um, you know I become strident or I don't show up or I start sulking um, you know, many um, uh, men that I work with have said, "Yeah, I got really good at sulking in my, in my relationship um, <laughs> because I because I didn't know what to do, yeah. um, and so I just went quiet." And yeah. then they and then they would report to me, and of course later on the the wife would then started to say, "You've abandoned me," and I, yeah. um, and I was confused about that. Yeah. So all these strategies that we adopt when, when we're in the face of um, uh, difficulties and we don't quite know how to unpack yeah. ourselves from those difficulties yeah. um, that's when you need to resource mm. yourself that's when mm. help is available um, but I don't believe that we have sufficient resources yet for helping couples dealing with relational issues mm. in a way that's not accusatory but actually is, is skill building yeah yeah for both, yeah, pa- great for both skill, sides skill building, skill building yeah. for both sides mm. and ultimately it, it is a, um, a growth in consciousness too mm. Um, and that's a weird thing to say, isn't it? What, what do you mean by a growth of consciousness? Well, I think it's a, a greater awareness that others exist in your world. Mm. You know, I can say it as simple as that, that others, your partner, your mum and dad, your siblings, mm. uh, maybe your children, of, mm. well, of course your children, um, you know, you know are, are, um, exist in your world. Mm. Um, and you're not the only person that, that has a voice here. Mm. So, um, you know, that, that's increasing consciousness. You made some good points today. I think all of which I can sort of look back and touch on at certain areas in my life is what I've done, you know. I've sort of just gone, you know, like... Um, and, and I think at times you can, with all of this happening, and, and I guess by trying to, without... You, you try to manage, I guess, to a, certain, in, to a certain extent, and everyone's done this without help. And, and that's all you're doing is you're just patching up cuts and wounds, really, with band-aids. You're not... 
assessing the situation and then you start to lose your identity as a man of who you are and who you're becoming and second guessing every decision you're starting to make um yeah, these are these are terrific points yeah yeah, yeah it's been a good and, and and i you know what i can say as being a clinician and working with a lot of men mm. um is that they too struggle and suffer um, um, disappointments in, in, in a relationship. Um, I, th- I think the issue is it's what we do with um, disappointments or what we do with fear or what we do with contempt mm. um, or, or what we do with, with sulking that really has to change. Yeah. And, th- and I think that this is a call to, uh, to men to um, relearn responses to challenges. Mm. Mm. No, yeah. they could, yeah, yeah. yeah, to relearn, to relearn, yeah, yeah. Um, re- new responses mm. to challenges, mm. and that's a growing up thing uh, it, mm. as well. But it also is, is a form of empowerment, yeah. and I'd like to, I like the idea of empowering that couples recognise that what makes a good marriage mm. is a commitment to empower each other, not to do, not to belittle or humiliate or control. Mm. And that, that will deliver a new society and, and, and a new cultural imperative um, if we start to take that on board as a genuine article of interest. Yeah. Um, um, climate, climate concerns and all that sort of stuff is important. Yeah. Um, but well-being in the couple relationship, I'll say it again, marital and couple therapy is poorly regarded as a crucial mental health response. Yeah. To our living, wonderful. When couples are going well, mm. there is resilience and vibrancy and genuine affection operating in the couple relationship, yeah. and that is um, uh, that feeds into into mental health and satisfaction and empowerment. Yeah. Thanks, boats. What a very intense session, but we we expected that, I guess, from the beginning, uh, talking of such a uh, uh, an important topic, uh, but very intense. I think we've gone an hour without a break you know and and it's just goes to show that like you know when we get on something like this you know we we beeline it all the way home um we want to thank our sponsors of course to to mounties group did you have some more stuff you wanted to bring up oh look uh, i'm just on page one so i've got five five pages well let's let's keep going okay well (laughs) i'm joking are you kidding okay You put one over me here, mate. <laughs> Just want to thank uh, Craig Beachy, all manufacturing personnel, um, of course, recruitment and labour hire company specialising in staffing solutions to the manufacturing industry. Uh, if you are making something or want something made, they can source and supply the personnel required to make it all happen. Uh, give Craig a call, 0416 700 870, or Brad, myself, on 0404 Mate, see you next week with Steve Shepard. Should be a, a cracker of a show. Um, It'll be a I'm, cracker. I'm looking forward to meeting this bloke. He's, yeah, yeah. A shout out to Steve. Um, he's uh, he's a good man, um, and he's come up through the ranks. And um, he's uh, had exactly what we're talking about today. Yeah. That he's had, he's had to learn and develop a toolkit yeah. um, so that uh, so that his genuineness and his skill set mm. um, are, are part of the story. And uh, he, he's grown immensely, so I'm sure v- listeners will enjoy. He, he's not an expert. He's not. A, he's not a professor. Um, he, he's a. He, he's a working man um, who's made it his business to to uh, to become a good man yeah. and a man who has a has an understanding and a genuine commitment to other men to doing Do, their work. Yeah, yeah? genuine the work. commitment. Put the good work on in. you, Steve. Put the work in. We'll get the good results, blokes. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week, same time. Men's Mental Health Show. Uh, this is uh, Brad Spillo Spillane uh, signing off, and uh, thanks, Bates. Good session, mate. Good on you. We'll see you next Thank week, you. guys.